0: all right well um i'm going to i will not make this this we're going to probably end early now i'm saying that but that might not happen um what i want to share with you is what um what um uh, what i've called a five dimensional bible study five dimensional bible study so um Let's have a word of prayer, and then I'll explain the concept, um, and uh, hopefully you be, you'll be blessed by it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you thanking you, Lord, for all you've been sharing um, through your spirit with us today and over these past few days. Lord, please speak to us now as we um, understand principles of Bible study. Open our minds, open our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, I believe that the Bible is truly a living book. And um, just like science, there are laws that govern Bible study. And I think a law would be anything that you could, any principle you can take and apply it um, to the scriptures in different places and come to the same result. Does that make sense? Um, you know, there's a, there's a law of um, numbers in the Bible. And if you look at the number three, for example, um, the number three comes up often in the Bible. And uh, who knows what that number three seems to be equated with? Well, you know, we can name a lot of threes in the Bible. There's a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and, uh, you know, other combinations of three. But what does the number three seem to be in connection with and let me give you a couple examples I'll just name some things so we, we had just mentioned that and that is a combination of three but three seems to be tied in to a certain concept okay yeah that's another combination of three say again Okay, well, this is what I'll do because y'all are throwing out answers, but someone says completion. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> it's not a perfect number, but um, Jesus was in the grave for three days. three days. Jonah was in the well of the belly for. After three days, um, Abraham saw the place where he was to sacrifice his son. The butler and the baker were told that after three days, one of them would die. Okay. What do you see the number three being connected with? Life and death. Okay. And I have a whole study on on Bible numbers. We're not going to go over that now. I'm just using this as an example. There are so many places where that number three is connected with life and death in the Bible. And so as you begin to, if you see it one time, you might say, oh, that was just a coincidence. If you see it twice, you need to stop and say, hmm. But if you begin to see it three and four and five and six times, you're going, okay, there's a principle here. Okay? Let me tell you this, that um. I believe that there are laws uh, yet to be discovered in the study of the Bible because God is an infinite God. It's kind of like the way that we treat science today, you know? Someone discovers the law of gravity. Someone discovers, you know, the, the... the law of, uh, of energy. You know, people discover these laws, and once they discover the laws, it's not that the thing comes in existence once they discovered it. They discover something that's always been there, but now they've been able to identify the pattern and go, ah, this is a law. Does that make sense? And so... You know, while all the speakers here are, are, you know, giving you different principles of Bible study and different laws, you'll see some things you've never heard before. Uh, you know, these laws aren't like universal laws. Like, you know, I think uh, Jeffrey Rosario was sharing, you know, the, the uh, you know, steps up and steps down. You know, don't think like, oh, everybody knows the step up, step down thing. No, you know, that's something that, you know, a person in studying the Bible say, you know, this would be a good principle of Bible study. And, uh, and so I, what I'm trying to say to you is that as you're studying the Bible, you should be like an explorer. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> Don't just go in the path that everyone else has gone. Um, seek to go deeper. Um, you know, seek to find new ways of saying the same old thing. Okay, I share with people all the time, you know, People say to me, Pastor, you know, I've never heard that before, and I'll say, yeah, you have heard that before, I just said it in a different way, and in that different way, it just made you think of it in a way that you have never thought of it before. The blueprint message that we did, how many of you heard something new that you did not know before? No, you didn't. (laughs) Everything I said, you already knew. (laughs) You knew that we we're called to judge angels. You knew that, you know, Satan sinned in heaven. You knew that we had, that there's going to be a, a, a judgment uh, during the millennium. There's not one thing that you can say, I never knew that. But it's just the way that it was presented to you. I've never seen that before. Yes, you have. You just didn't see it in that way. Does that make sense? So I want to encourage you to explore. I mean, think about. Think about the explorers in America, you know, in the early days who were daring and willing to go out into lands they had never gone before. You know, California, what's out there? Okay, you know, people had to be daring, you know, to explore. And and so, you know, we're told in the spirit of prophecy that there is yet light to be revealed. New light will never contradict Old light. New light will never, no, new light simply amplifies old light. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, um, what I'm sharing with you right now is, um, you know, I will, it's something that I discovered on my own through the process of Bible study, you know, just going, wait a minute, yeah, there has to be something here. And once I began to apply it to other stories, it was like, yeah, no okay, this is a law, all right? And so now, you know, and, and not that I wasn't using this before, but once I kind of like put it into a tangible form, I could say, oh yeah, um, I, I've called this the law of five-dimensional Bible study. Are you, are you with me? Okay. So, um, I want to give you the five dimensions. And it's not that this will work with every scripture or with every story but they work with some stories with some scriptures and when when you can apply it it is a very powerful tool to break open the word of God okay when you read a verse or you read a story um, you want to get the most out of that verse that you can you want to get the most out of that story that you can And I'm going to say this, that most people, when they read the Bible, they read it on the first dimension. Okay? So um, we want to go beyond that first dimension. Some stories, you may only be able to take it to the second dimension. If you're really praying, you might be able to find a third dimension application. Wow! And if you're really connected, you'll be able to find five dimensions. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> so if you find six, I mean, praise God, you know, tell me about it. But make sure that it's a law first. Make sure you can apply it to other stories and find, yeah, here's a sixth dimension. Okay, so um, we have I have probably here maybe about... I don't know, 10 or 11 examples. We're probably not going to get through all of them. We we may hit three or four. I don't know. But um, here are the five dimensions. Dimension number one, dimension number two, dimension number three, dimension number four, dimension number five. Dimension number one, I'm going to call it the flat dimension. Okay? And that's what's on the surface of the scripture. Got that? Dimension number two is what we will call the Christ dimension. The Christ dimension. Dimension number three, the me dimension. The me dimension. Dimension number four, the church dimension. And dimension number five, the heavenly dimension. Dimension number five is heavenly. So, flat, Christ, me, church, heavenly. Okay? So, um, do you have a picture in your mind of something one-dimensional? And then, you know, you want to you break open. You want to expand this one dimension. So, you pop it open to something that's two-dimensional. And you go, okay, ah, Yeah. I'm getting something out of this now, you know? And then if, if, if you're good, like, like I said, you get it to three dimensions, four dimensions, five dimensions. Imagine taking a verse and, and expanding it to five dimensions. Let's use our first example. Um, something simple. The sanctuary. The sanctuary. Now let me ask you, on, on the first dimension, uh, what are you going to do? How do you study something one dimensionally? Yeah. Face value. What does the text say? You know, kind of what everybody's been talking about. What's the context of the text? Yeah, you know, the people, the places. You're just getting that basic information, okay? Which is not a very difficult thing to do. Uh, you know, this story is about this person or this verse. You know, it's saying this at face value. Okay, so that's the first dimension. So. Um, let's take the sanctuary, Exodus 25, verse 8. God says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may what? Dwell, dwell among them. So that's the face value of Exodus 25, 8. God said that this sanctuary that was to be built, God is going to dwell with his people. Um, face value, first dimension. What's the second dimension? What's the second dimension? Christ's dimension, Okay. How does this verse relate to Christ? And give me some verses. Emmanuel, God with us. Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Anything else? Say again. This is my beloved son. And those verses are, they're they're good but there is a right verse, as was pointed out. Say again. Okay, destroy this what? Temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Okay, do you see that? What's the first dimension? God says, let them make me sanctuary and I will do what? Dwell among them. Our second dimension is the Christ dimension. How does this verse... Relate to or typify, or connect with Jesus Christ, and you just said to me, John two nineteen, and what was the other one? The first one that was mentioned, Emmanuel, God with us, right? Why, do, why Emmanuel, God with us? Because, right? Let them make me sanctuary that I may do what? Dwell among them, and now you have here it applying to Jesus, Emmanuel, God what? With us. <laughs> Combine that with John 2:19. Jesus says, "Destroy this temple. I will raise it up again in three days." Now you could probably finish this for me. What's the next dimension? I'm not going to say anything else. What's the next dimension? Verse. Know you not that you are the yeah. temple of the- are you getting the picture? Okay you've moved from one dimension in other words you know okay here's the first dimension God said but beloved this verse there is more in this verse that meets the eye because if you open up to its second dimension this really points to who Jesus because God was what in him right but but yes In Jesus, God was in him, but this verse also relates to you in a very special sense. Are you with me? Because the Bible says, know ye not that what? You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which means that God wants to dwell in you. You guys are pretty good Bible students. Fourth dimension We are all what? What the body members of one body. Any other verse you could think of? The body of Christ, we mentioned that. How about lively stones? Right? Where the Bible speaks about you all are what? Lively stones a spiritual house. It's now talking about the church as what? As a temple. Say again. Exactly. You're, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Christ, the chief cornerstone. But in, I mean, and those verses are going to amplify, but the verses we're looking for illustrate here, temple, first dimension, temple, second dimension, temple, third dimension, temple, fourth dimension. And now, what's our fifth dimension? Heaven. Do you see that? Heavenly temple. Okay, now, I didn't learn that in school. I just studied in the Bible, studying in the Bible, and because I'm looking for laws. Let me mention something. I, um, I, I, about uh, seven or eight years ago, I ran across a book uh, called The Certainty of the Three Angels' Messages. Yeah. Uh. oh. Mm. Ah. I mean, A-E-I-O-U, all of it. <laughs> all of it. I remember my, my, my best friend, now his name is Gavin, he um, uh I mean, when I met him back, when I first met him, he, I was up at Weimar, up at Weimar, that's where it all took place. I was up at Weimar just visiting, and uh, he, uh, he introduced himself to me, we started talking, he said, hey, see that book right there? And he pointed to the book, he said, get that book, it's a good book. And I was like, okay, I- I'll get that book. And I grabbed the book, Certainty of the Third Angel's Message. And um, I remember, like, I had read, like, the first two pages, and I was like, this is powerful. And then I said, I'm going to underline all the deep sentences in this book. Yeah. After, like, page five, I was like, okay, I just need to circle the whole book. Just circle it. <laughs> and, and what I began to see in that book, I mean, this guy was talking, his name is uh, Louis Weir. He's deceased now, Australian evangelist. And he was talking about all these laws of the scripture. And I was like, laws? Laws of the scripture? The laws of the first and the last? The laws of first mention and last mention? Laws of numbers? And I'm like, laws? What Laws in the Bible? I mean, there's only the Ten Commandments. What laws is he talking about? And as I began to look at what this this, uh, guy was writing about, you know, how we can prove the certainty of the third angel's message, my mind was just like, you know, what is this? And how come no one has ever told me of this book? (laughs) And it, 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 it encouraged me to begin to look at the Bible as a book that is governed by laws. And when you discover these laws... I'm telling you, it it amplifies your Bible study in in a most magnificent way. So so you just saw this example of uh, five dimensions, right? Um, Let's use another example. This time we're going to use a story. Story of Joseph. First dimension. And I'm going to choose the parts of the story to help you out, Okay. Joseph has, um, has 11 brothers, and um, his brothers don't like him. Ah, here comes that dreamer. He's dreaming that one day, I want you to be thinking, you're already ahead of me. Some of you are in the second dimension already. Some of you are in the third dimension. Some of you may be even, even be in the fourth dimension, and some even in the fifth. But... Just be thinking. That's good. Joseph is hated by his brothers. He has a dream that his brothers are one day going to do what? Bow down before him. Joseph, we don't like you. Um, Joseph is sent by his father to check on his brothers. What do they do? They throw him in a pit. Right? And... uh, Then they send him into slavery, sold him into slavery. And there, Joseph rises to the top of the kingdom. In time of famine, the very ones that threw him into that pit had to go to him Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Second dimension. Help me out. Jesus. Who's he hated by? His brothers. The tribes of Israel. Who is he sent by? His father. What do they do when they get a hold of Jesus? Because what does Jesus tell them, by the way? What does Jesus tell them? You're going you're gonna to bow down before me. What? And uh, what do they do to Jesus? They put him in a pit. Yeah? Yeah? What happens? They walk away good. We've gotten rid of that dreamer. Jesus ascends to the top. The very ones that had rejected him will one day have to what? Bow down before him. See that? First dimension, second dimension. How about third dimension? You become a Christian. Oh, man, I'm a Christian now. Hey, brothers, father, mother. Great news. (laughs) Okay, and what's that great news? That... We're going to have to bow down before, you know, Jesus loves us, he wants to save us. We, we want to take the gospel to our friends, right? To our family. What does Jesus say will happen to you in your family? You'll be hated and you'll be persecuted. Well, what's going to happen in the time of trouble? The very ones What's going to happen in the time of famine? Who are they going to come to? Because they know that you have been blessed by by God. Fourth dimension the church. I like this one. You're a what? I'm an Adventist, and you have the truth. Mm-hmm. How long have you been around? Uh, since 1844. Really? <laughs> Do you know how long my church has been around? <laughs> okay, Adventism is the younger brother of Christianity. <laughs> you see, all the other sons of God, and does God have children in other churches? Yeah, so, so the Adventist tribe, whew, that was trying to be like, no, don't say it, throw them down. The Adventist tribe, like the youngest brother, and our Baptist brothers and sisters and our Methodist brothers and sisters and our, you know, Presbyterian brothers and sisters are going, come on, man, get out of here, you don't have the truth. And what are they doing? They are persecuting. But guess what's going to happen with the Adventist church at the end of time? Guess who? They're going to be exalted. And guess who our brothers are going to have to come to in time of famine? That's right. We are Joseph. Joseph. And, and the thing about Joseph is that Joseph loves his brothers. Amen? Amen. Now, his brothers don't understand him. They, they hate him. They say, oh, here comes that dreamer. No, 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 you don't have the truth. Get out of here. But one day, our brothers will come to us. And they will weep and they will repent. And they, we, we didn't know we're sorry. And how are we going to treat them? Open arms like Joseph. That's right. Come out of her, my people. Fifth dimension is heavenly. This dimension is not so pretty because when the righteous are saved and the wicked are caused to do what? Bow down. At that point, it's what? It's too late. You understand? What we've done is we've taken the story of Joseph, and we've said, okay, is there, we've got the first dimension. Is there a second dimension? Is there some way that, that this applies to Christ? Does this story in any way illustrate the life of Christ? We see that second dimension. Wow, look at this. Many of the same principles that, that, that we find in the story of Joseph, uh, Joseph applies to the life of Jesus. Now, do those, do those same principles apply to me, individually? I've gone through that experience with my family. Ah, we don't want to talk to you. I mean, have you gone through that experience? We don't want to talk to you. Come on, get out of here. And then something traumatic happens in their life. And they come to you. They come to you. Fourth dimension. Fifth dimension, heavenly. The time is coming where it will be too late. Do you you, you see the principle there? So we've seen it in sanctuary. We've seen it in the story of Joseph. How about Genesis 3.15? Genesis 3.15. Bible says there um, that... Basically, Jesus would bruise the head of the serpent. On its face value, I just kind of jumped ahead here, but on its face value, God says, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the first dimension, the flat dimension. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> second dimension. Is there a second dimension? And what is that second dimension? Christ bruises the head of the serpent. Where did that happen? At the cross. How do we know that? Anybody heard this before? What's what's the name of the hill upon which Jesus died? Golgotha or Calvary, meaning the place of a skull. So when Jesus died... The Bible says it was a great earthquake. What happened to that skull-shaped hill? It was broken. It was cracked. <laughs> Whose skull did that represent? Satan. You with me? Second dimension. Third dimension. Is there a third dimension? Can anybody give me a verse? Say again okay that's that, that's not what I'm thinking okay that, that's an alright one okay that's yeah that's the verse you were just mentioning that's a good one which is what <clears throat> okay <clears throat> now This verse, that verse can be tied in to the principle that God is going to give you personal victory over the devil. But there's another verse. That's a good verse. Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace shall bruise Right? The God of peace shall do what? Bruise Satan under your heel shortly. So do you see that? First dimension is the flat dimension. This is what the verse is saying. This is the context of the verse. Second dimension, how does it relate to Christ? Jesus was going to bruise the head of the serpent. He did it at Calvary. Third dimension, God is going to bruise Satan under your feet He's going to give you the personal victory. Amen? Say again. I am crucified with Christ. I mean, that's a, a verse where if I'm crucified with Christ, then it is not necessarily me bruising the head of serpent, but Christ in me that is bruising the head of the serpent. Amen? Excellent. Um, okay. Let's see here. Fourth dimension, the church. Will the church as a whole bruise Satan under her feet shortly? That same verse that applies, okay, that same verse that applies to me personally also applies to the church. And that's exactly what I had on my, on my little iPad here. I was going to quote that next. Revelation 12, 11. They, over, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Yeah. That's right. E- ex- exactly. Exactly. The church is declared victorious. We're using the same verse to apply to me personally. You're giving the Bible study to someone, you say, Listen, personally, you, God wants to bruise Satan under your feet shortly. But on that fourth dimension, he's speaking not only to you, but to the entire church. The church of God will be victorious. Fifth dimension. Any ideas? Pastor, I don't know if I can take this to the fifth, to the fifth D. <laughs> Revelation 20 and 21. Um, what happens there? Where are the wicked and where is Satan? Where are they? Somebody just said it. What have they become? What have they become? Ashes. Ashes. Where? Under the soles of your feet. Okay, so what are we seeing here? Again, you may not be able to do this with every... Some things you might only be able to take to the second dimension, some to the third dimension, some to the fourth, some to the fifth. I don't know if there's a sixth dimension. If you find out, let me know. Okay. Um, let's see. I want you to get the picture. This is all we're covering here. Are you getting the picture so far? Okay. So um, let's see. Let's do one. How about uh, how about Peter walking on water? How about Peter walking on water? First dimension. Okay, Well, that happened after. When he took his eyes off of Jesus, what happened to him? He started to, give me another word, he started to sink or fall. So, Peter, walking on water, what lesson is is it showing us? When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water, um, which means that Jesus was able to keep him from falling. So walking on water means, what do you fall into anyway? You fall into sin. sin. So walking on water, um, Jesus, okay, let me say this, walking on water is is simply, Peter was kept from falling. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Second dimension, it's right there in the same story. Jesus what? Jesus walking on water. Now what lessons do we get from Jesus walking on water? Like Jesus walking on water because he's who? He's God. He doesn't sink. He's perfect. Okay? Okay, he you said what now? Okay? Jesus walks among his people. Go ahead. Okay, Okay. here's what you guys are doing. You guys are thinking for yourself, and you're making applications. You're saying, hmm, yeah, Jesus can walk on all his troubles. We can't walk on our troubles. You're coming up, you're using your mind to think, man, how does this, you know, relate? Go ahead. Okay, yeah, I mean, you look at these principles, you see Jesus was able to endure, to rise above, to walk above all his problems and situations. So when Peter was looking at Jesus, he was able to be kept from falling. So we've seen the first dimension. We've seen the second dimension, Jesus walking on water. Why? Because he's God, he is perfect. And by the way, that, you know, I mean, God was able to walk on water because he... Jesus was able to walk in water because He is what? He is God and He is perfect. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, that perfection of Jesus belonged to Peter. Mm-hmm. What about that? Oh, okay, that's right. Keeping the eye. Focused on Jesus, and here's what's happening: is that he just jumped to a whole different story to pull a, an application that is very applicable to that story. Keep your eye fixed upon Jesus. Okay, so go ahead. That's the that's third dimension. Now unto him that is able to what? Keep you from falling so can god keep you from falling can god help you to walk on water right now the bible doesn't say anywhere that we will walk on water but when we take that application that dimension of that story and lift the principles we get clearly the principle that god desires you to walk above nature your nature right What was Peter doing? He was defying nature. Jesus says, when you keep your eye on me, you will defy nature. This is third dimension. Okay? Now, okay, I think we had a couple of hands and I was kind of going, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, do we have a hand over here? Okay. Are you getting the picture? See what's going on? Verses are coming to your mind. Some, some of you are not calling out those, but those verses, but verses are coming to your mind as you're looking at these applications. You're going, man, not only is there one dimension to this verse, there's a second dimension. And if you thought that was something, wait till you see the third dimension. And hold oh, get up off the floor, wake up, come on. There's a fourth dimension. Are you getting the picture? This is what helps it. And again, this is just one principle, one law. All right, so where are we? We're still in dimension three. Dimension four. Is God going to perfect his church? Ephesians 5, saying, without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. God's church is going to be above nature in the end of time. The devil's going to try to do all he can to cause the church to fail and to fall. But God will have a perfected church. Amen? Go ahead. There you go. Now we have jumped to spirit of prophecy. Do you see what I'm saying? You've jumped to spirit of prophecy and what? Just as Peter would not, did not fall as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, so the church may appear to fall, but she does not fall. Why? Because she has kept her eyes on Jesus. So when those four winds are let loo- loose and the winds begin to blow upon the earth and the trees and the seas, <laughs> God says, "Don't worry about it. although all this nature is going to be attacking the church, they will not, what, fall." That's right. 144,000, God's last day people. You can, you can continue to add and to see this layer expand. I mean, you can preach five different sermons on those five different dimensions. How about dimension five? What about the New Jerusalem? Give me a verse. Where are the people... But what does the verse speaking about the sea of glass actually say? Revelation 15, 2. Look at it. What does the verse actually say? And I saw. Okay, and. <laughs> them that have what? Them that had gotten the victory. Those who did not fall. Those that had gotten the victory. You see what we've just done? Five dimensions. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, God's people will experience victory and that is the victory that enables them to stand just like Peter did on the sea and not sink with them that had gotten the victory. I think we saw a hand back there. We have one minute left and uh, I'm going to... uh, I'm going to give you one more example. Is that okay? Let's just do this real quick. Okay, no hands back there. Let's do this. The water that came out of the rock. Remember that? Moses smites the rock, water comes out of it. First dimension. Second dimension. Jesus is the living waters. What story are we looking for? Bruised for our iniquities? Let's come even closer. Water out of the rock. Water out of the... Out of his side. Remember that? Jesus is pierced in the side and what comes out? Blood and water. Second dimension. Third dimension. Give me a verse. He, he who believes on me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Are you with me? A wellspring, that's right. That's right, that's right. All these stories are coming to mind. Dimension number four relates to who? The church. You've read the verse about the broken cisterns? You know, there's a danger of the church forsaking the what? The living waters. But yet God has called us as a church to present the living waters to the world around us. Amen? Dimension number five. Tell me about it. He's going to wash their sins away. But there's another verse that's even... They will what? That's right. They will drink of the living waters. They shall hunger and what? Thirst no more. I believe it's Revelation 7 verse 17 that speaks about those who are redeemed will drink from the rivers of living waters. So, what 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 have we seen here? Is this, did I make this up? Or does it seem like it's a law? It seems like it's a law. You find it over and over again. Again, it's not that you're going to find it every place. Some places you might only be able to find two dimensions, but in other places you're clearly going to be able to find, wow, this verse, this story has five dimensions to it. And I guarantee you, as you begin to study the Bible and look for those laws that govern how to study, it will enrich your Bible study immensely. Amen? Okay. I'm going to do this, I'm just going to give you, here's your homework assignment, here's what I didn't cover. Feast days, that's the first dimension. Feast days, there are five dimensions to the feast days. Uh, The manna, there are five dimensions to the manna. The parable of the pearl of great price there are five dimensions to that parable. The parable of the pearl of great price. Adam and Eve, you know, Adam and his wife, Eve. There are five dimensions to that parable. Who's the second Adam? Christ. So you already know where to go from there. So Adam and Eve. Um, And let's see, the last one, oh stop (laughs) stop okay are you out of tape okay I'm stopping right after I share this just kidding just kidding Uh, the exodus from Egypt five dimensions I think that's everything there's your homework exodus from Egypt all right was that clear did you enjoy that Were you blessed? Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have spoken to us today. We thank you for the rich blessings. We thank you, Lord, for the multidimensional nature of your word. Lord, take us deeper into the scriptures that we may taste that hidden manna. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. This message was recorded and produced by Power of the Lamb Ministries. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for the soon coming of Jesus Christ by pointing to the supernatural power of the Lamb of God that gives us the experience of victorious Christian living. For more information on our multimedia resources or inquiries on speaking engagements, please log on to our website at www.powerofthelam.com. That's www.powerofthelam.com. Thank you and God bless.